Kane and Collective. Y'all know what time it is, baby. It's Kane o'clock. Got a special guest today. Y'all already know the man's name, but let me introduce my guy, Goose Money from the Shot. What's up? What's up? What's up with you? Hey, what's going on, man? How you been, man? You good? Yeah, it's a it's a nice day. Nice day out here, you know. Just dropped my son off at football practice, so I'm chilling. Hey, does your son play high school? Or yeah, junior play, high? Yeah, he played high school. All right, that's what's up. So what position does he play? Uh, he plays running back. Uh-oh. You know what that means. Chicago's got a good history of having some dope-ass running backs come out. Yeah, he plays running back. Playing varsity this year, so it's going to be his first year of varsity. Sophomore year. So... Yeah, he's making moves. Shout out to your son. Hopefully he has a good, safe, and healthy season with no injuries and lots of records getting broken. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, in yeah, keeping how, with the spirit. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. How you doing over there? Uh, weather's not that great out here right now. We were supposed to get pieces of this big storm. We haven't really gotten anything. It's raining off and on today, so it's it's been drizzling off and on today. Oh, yeah, it's nice here. It's like 82 degrees, you know, wind blowing. It's not it's not too hot. It's nice. <laughs> you should come That's visit. What's up. Oh, no, I plan on it, man. I need to get me a K-Town jelly glass. I had <laughs> one, but it, I had one, but it got broken. I'd love to get another one to put back in my collection. Definitely. All right. So in keeping with the spirit of covering some positivity, Goose has some nonprofits that he works with, and uh, we're going to go over some of those nonprofits today. It's always good to have a dose of positivity because we can't just focus on all the negative things. Even though we see a lot of negativity in the news and outside our front doors, there's still some positive things going on, and we do need to highlight that because if not, we're going to be mentally and physically exhausted from all types of fuckery. But the positive thing, yeah, we need to make sure that we stay on our toes as far as the positivity. We really got to keep that going. And when somebody's doing something good for the public and for the community, I think we should shine a light on it. Right now, the light's shining on you, Goose. So please start. Please explain what your nonprofits are and what they do. Okay. So the first one I came up with, uh, just to tell you, like, the story and the background story of it. Um, so, you know, growing up where I was grew up in Nuka News, um, you know, as a little kid, I had a lot of, of dreams and goals with not a lot of resources. Um, and I saw, I, I mean, as, as a little young, as a young boy, I saw that. And it, and it, it kind of affected me into my adult years because um, looking back, I never, first of all, I could say I never take back what I, what I did in joining the Marine Corps. Um, but I still had dreams and goals that I could have had more resources to accomplish when I was young. Um, and I saw as a young age. So, you know, getting getting to where I got, right, making it outside of my neighborhood, um, I actually wanted to look back and see where I could find some of those kids like me with dreams and goals and aspirations of, you know, and needing resources. So my right. first nonprofit I came up with was um, – reverse the curse right so um what they what uh, what i'm going to do is uh, focus on funneling money um and resources back into the lower income neighborhoods 
um, public school education system, right? Because as we all know, the education system in America is really flawed, even though they say it's like the best in the world. Um, it's very flawed, right? Across the across the 50 states, it's, it's very flawed, right? Because you see um, the inconsistencies in some of the resources. So I basically want to funnel money into the, to the, to the schools of the lower income neighborhoods um, by doing research in, in these in these different neighborhoods and comparing them to some of those, um, you know, data and the statistics out of some of those well-versed in, you know, um, affluent neighborhoods. So that's that one. Um, three to five is kind of like, you know, my new thing I'm about to do. I'm about to start. Um, and what we're going to do is, um, I don't know if I ever told you I'm a psychology major. So, um, there's a study that, <clears throat> which I found while I was studying, while I was like looking up some, some statistics on felonies and felons in the criminal justice system and actually how it affects their lives. Um, so it kind of tracked my attention back to, you know, their childhood, like how, how people normally grew up. Um, and what I found out was that, like, most of the felons um, that you can see that's, like, being, you know, attacked by the criminal justice system constantly throughout their lives, right, and living with that label of being a felon, it started back in their childhood where they didn't have certain things in their childhood or in their life that could have redirected their thoughts and their actions of, you know, getting into some of the things they were getting into. Um, and some of that had to do with education, right? Um, so there was a statistic that between the hours of three and five, um, three o'clock and five o'clock is the most vulnerable in, you know, adolescents or children's lives because um, that gap is normally like a gap in their day that they're unsupervised, be it they just got out of school, five o'clock is normally like, when you have like a single parent household or a lower income neighborhood, five o'clock is normally when the, the parents get off. So that's the first time they see their parents. So like from three o'clock when they got out of school to five o'clock, they haven't seen any like they haven't filled that gap with positivity or any mentorship. So what I want to do is bridge that gap of coming in, giving kids something to do, giving them somewhere to like. You know what I'm saying? Beat themselves and open up so they won't turn into like gangs, drugs, you know, stuff that I don't want them to get into. If that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And I like how your nonprofits coincide and go hand in hand because I do think that we do have schools that are underfunded and under resourced. And that does lead to an issue to where the educational system is not functioning properly. Everybody's not given at least the same opportunity across the board. And then, too, my opinion, the school-to-prison pipeline is a very real thing. And I do believe that those two things go hand-in-hand hand as far as if you're having a hard time in school, you're not being educated properly, you don't have teachers that are taking the time to help build you up and to help educate you, it does lead to an issue to where you stop caring about education. And then, as you mentioned, this is the first time I've heard of that statistic, but it makes perfect sense when you mentioned between 3 and 5 p.m. That actually does make perfect sense because these two hours, there's more than one kid that doesn't have any supervision. It's easy to fall into it. what they say, uh, idols hand like like idle hands are the devil's playground. Yes. 
And if you don't have anything to do between those times, it's easy to get into trouble. Yeah, man. And they definitely don't have nothing to do. It's like when you and I know how I was as a kid, you know, what I mean, when we get bored, of course, we're going to do kid things that, you know, what I mean, it might be something that we try something different, you know. Um, and I just want to steer them away from kind of that and kind of focusing on, um, you know, their dreams and their creativity because it starts there. Like, so they, they, you know what I mean, just to have them in a place where they can open up, you know what I mean, instead of just, you know, because a lot of kids deal with a lot of stuff that they don't know how to open up about. And, they, and I'm seeing that constantly with this generation that's coming up. Um, they don't know how to open up or talk about things. So, I mean, give them a place that they can chill out. That'd be great. I actually want to involve some sports in that. In that, uh, I got, you know, um, one of my close friends, he started an organization of like a baby. It's about it's about eight years now. Um, he does he does a nonprofit organization for AAU basketball to where he could. So he he what he does is he makes it affordable for lower income neighborhoods, because, you know, how AAU basketball is pretty expensive. I put my son. I can tell you right now, my son's played like three sports since he was five years old. And when we got to, like going through AAU and all that, that's, that stuff get expensive. And I know for like single parent households, lower incomes, they wouldn't be able to afford that. But luckily with me, I was blessed. I had the opportunity to afford that for my son. But yeah, it get expensive. So just trying to give, trying to trying to bridge that gap. Um, and a lot of people talk about the wealth gap between, you know, the races and stuff like that. But I feel like if we focus on education, we can come up, you know, as a as a community. So. Right. And the, the racial wealth gap, that is a real thing. And I think education does try to bridge that gap a little bit. And I agree with you also, you know, education is really going to help out because if you can get the kids to focus on something as far as, in my opinion, focusing on trying to make it to college, whether you're using sports as an avenue to get in there, or if you know college is not going to be your thing because you're not a school type person, you can still use your education and maybe apply yourself toward a trade or something of that nature. Exactly. And I, and that's the thing is I come in with, a, I come in with a well-versed open mind of every kid is not, you know, going to go to, I mean, I'm, I'm against that. We should shove every kid in college anyways, because every kid is not going to want college. You know what I mean? And I agree with that. Out here have some talent that they don't even need college. Yeah, I do agree with that also. Like not, not every kid's going to make it. Not every kid's going to keep up with the homework. Now we have the new things going on with the admissions process now, as far as affirmative action, not being there, but we really didn't rely on that much anyway, as far as our community goes Either you were smart enough to go and you could get scholarships or afford the student loans, or most people took the other avenue, student athletics. So, yeah, not everybody's made to go. Um, did you join the military right after high school? I did. Okay. Now, see, that's what I did, too, because I applied for a couple of schools. I applied for a couple of scholarships. I didn't have enough to make it. So my next avenue of trying to do something was to join the military. Now, Well, what well, a story with that is funny because – um, and I used to tell this story. I, I was a recruiter, right, before I retired out of the Marines. But um, I used to tell the story a lot. Like, I didn't when I was coming out of school, um, I was very smart in, in grade school, but I didn't want to go to college because I knew 
I was the type of person like, and I seen that I seen how America just shoved people just shove college in your throat. Like they just shove people in college. And I didn't want to be that person in the classroom in college and look around and be like, yo, this dude don't belong in the classroom with me. So I basically took a, you know what I mean, an adventure and was like, yo, I'm joining the Marine Corps. And I was like, and when I made the decision, I was like, I'm getting I'm getting the hell out of Newport News like ASAP. So it was I wasn't holding back, like I wasn't gonna wait. I just went. And was like, yeah. I mean, I thank him, I'm thanking my younger self now, but at the same time. Yeah, that was one opportunity, but there's multiple avenues, you know what I mean, that kids, and just like I said, it's kids out here, and that's probably in some of these communities that have gifts and talents that don't even need to go to college. Yeah, and I believe that also. I do agree with you there also, because you got some kids that are naturally gifted with, like, like with their hands. They grew up with their dad, fathers, uncles, brothers, grandfathers turning wrenches on cars. Some things may come easier to them, such as having some type of mechanical ability or things of that nature. So, yeah, I do agree with that also. And Exactly. When it comes down to it, as far as trying to get resources to help these underprivileged schools in these areas, what are some of the things that you're doing or what are some of the programs that you're implementing to try to get access to some of these resources to, to help these schools out? I'm glad you asked that, right? So um, that, that is a great question. So – um, right now, what I'm working on, and I don't know if you heard like the initiative. There's a there's a big initiative around the United States of America right now, on um, like state governments funding um, anything that can curb like crime and gun violence. That's like specific words they want to hear right now. Um, as far as you when that when the state's giving out grants, um, once they hear crime and gun violence they started pouring money into it. Um, so the states are giving like different grants for nonprofit organizations that's trying to curb gun violence or crime. So. Okay. So say you get an average grant. So now you got the grant money in your hands. What's the next thing that you would do as far as trying to get access to resources? Well, first of all, like right now, what we're doing is we're looking for, um, like in my city, in Newport News, I'm gonna start like, cause I want to take it. The thing is, I don't want to stay in. I want it to be United States wide. So I want to create the vision I have is to create somebody in every city in America, or you know what I mean, and somewhere in lo- local government that's trying to do the same thing, right? Um, and just take it United States wide. But what I would do, right, for for the reverse, the curse one, and and funneling the money to, you know the local schools, um, a lot of the research that we would do would go on during the school year. Um, one research project we have is going on this upcoming school year. Um, my, my lovely professor is helping us out with that. Um, but we're going to do a, like a study. We're doing a, a psychological study on what's social, social psychology on um, two different schools. And one is one school is going to be in inner inner city, um, I don't have the full details right now, but okay. who's going to be in the inner city and one of them is going to be like right on the outside of, outskirts of Chicago in the suburbs. Um, and then once we get all the data, we'll compare the numbers, take it to the state, um, try to get grants for like um, like different resources and build in as far as like 
building like stuff up in the school and pouring money into like because in essence what i want to do is i don't want to even touch none of it right i wanted to go into the schools and see like what like different technology they get be it laptops or a new you know science lab or they put something in their neighborhood that like you know what i mean that could give us a certain um, student or a certain young kid that might have a vision for something. So say like they like art. You know what I'm saying? I would love them for them to read. You know what I mean? Like redo their art program. You know what I mean? And do something with those specific programs in the school. So. Okay. Because one thing I'm starting to notice is that me being older than you, me going to school, things were a little bit different, but not by so much. But we did have a large assortment of after school programs. A lot of those did involve sports, which was a good way to keep kids busy, start teaching kids discipline, start teaching them structure, things of that nature. And something else that we did have here, at least I remember something that we had in Chesapeake, because I went to uh, schools in Chesapeake for a little bit. That's a whole nother long drawn out podcast. But um, they did have the gate programs to keep people engaged as far as certain things. We had the Odyssey of the Mind competition. They did like, I believe, twice a year, if I remember correctly. And having some of these after-school programs would be a really good thing. I don't notice these after-school programs as much anymore that are centered outside of maybe sports and band. And, yeah, we do need things to where kids that are gifted in science, they need to be able to have science labs. They should have updated tech as far as having new laptops, possibly having tablets and things of that nature to help keep the kids engaged. Because a lot of the kids now are tech-heavy. I got a partner and his son – um, Jaden is like five years old and Jaden is tech heavy. He's doing stuff on the tablet that is crazy. And my man Jason keeps him engaged. Like they buy rocket kits, they build them, they put them together, they go to the park. Jaden is going to be that science guy. Yeah. And I love the fact that you're talking about getting resources because even though things in our community, as far as when we look at education, it's always cooler to not care. But for the kids that do care about their future and that do want to become somebody and do want to do things special because, like, what, like once again, our community, we've had tons of great inventors, great thinkers, and we need to keep this thing going. Now, as far as you doing things here in Newport News and also doing things in Chicago, when it comes to Chicago's current situation with the, with the issue with the migrants and migrant housing, What's your opinion on some of the schools being closed and being turned into respite areas? And do you think that maybe you could get something started, maybe some type of initiative there to where since they want to just use those closed schools for respite areas, why can't they turn them into after school centers to where they could have the science labs and maybe have the band rooms and things and uh, things of that sort? Is there anything that you well, first, let me know your opinion on that. And then if you could do anything, what like uh, what would be your first steps? Um, so as far as like the closed schools, um, I actually uh, experienced a lot of that from because being on recruiting duty, I know you, you work closely with the high school. So a lot of my friends, they were recruiting in the city. You know, I recruited right outside of the city in the suburbs. But um, they was telling me about, like, yeah, man, it, they was closing the school. Like, I, I didn't know how true it was. I would hear it on the news and stuff like that. And, like, man, I don't know how true that is. 
And then I like talked to a couple of my friends that was recruiting in the city. It was like, yeah, they they when COVID happened, a lot of the schools closed down and they never opened back up. Um, that was in the city, so that was like their excuse to close them down, even though they probably wanted to close them down before COVID. Um, so, Brent, but back to the question. So, um, that would be a good that would be a good idea to actually turn some of those schools into like, you know recreational centers or some because I a lot of the things I want to do with the program is I want to give kids to get that freedom outside of their school right so they don't have to be in the school they could like leave school and be like hey I'm going to this hangout place where they could come and they could play like if it, it could be a gym in there play basketball um you know get some like mentorship stuff going on in there right um of course you know and I wanted to point this out, you know, I want to have some, some like counselors in there and like for, you know, like mental health, because, you know, a lot of, a lot of the kids in the, in the city, they see a lot of stuff that they get, they got trauma, you know what I mean? So it ain't, it ain't, it's like life trauma and it affects them out throughout their life. Right. Um, so, yeah. And another wing to that, right. Is that counseling piece, right. Of, a lot of these lower income neighborhoods, they do have a lot of crime. They do have a lot of stuff that, you know, you would have a lot of, you know, people don't realize that it affect them until they get older in life, like 30, 40 years old. So to catch that then and get the mentorship and get them the counseling they need. Yes. And to actually, right. Turn those, those schools that they are closing down into something positive instead of putting somebody that those migrants in there. So do I agree with the migrants being in there? Nah, I don't. And there's some things floating around. I don't know if you heard on the internet about the Chicago PD hiring um, non-citizens. Yeah, I did hear about that, and I do want to drop a pod on that, but I would like to have you on that pod also because you live in the state of Illinois. This yeah. is something that I find is very disturbing, and that could backfire and go left in so many different ways, but we can save that for the next time we get on. But as far as that goes too, I don't I do have an issue with the migrants being here for the fact is that they're illegally coming into the country. I feel some type of way, and I don't use these words in a regular manner, but yes, I feel some type of way. My wife is an immigrant. I paid for her to come here legally. And to see resources being taken from a city that sorely needs them for the community and being allocated in such a being allocated and redirected in such a different way, I find that to be very disturbing. Now, I do want to focus on something that you said, and I want to ask a follow-up question. You had mentioned that during COVID-19, a lot of the schools closed down and they didn't open back up. And you said that that was probably something that they were aiming to do anyway. Now, as far as the schools that are open, have the city resources been reallocated to go to these schools that are still operating and still functioning? No. Because I could take you, bro, for real. Um, what made me, what made my vision of these nonprofits really come to life is when I see the disparity of um, when I seen it with my kids, right? Um, right? I actually saw, you know, my son, he goes to the, the high school he goes to is very affluent, right? Predominantly Caucasian. Um, it's very affluent, very nice neighborhood, right? But I've been to schools in the city 
where you'd be like, man, is this a school or a prison? You know what I mean? And I just get that eerie feeling of like, somebody, it, this robbery right in front of our eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so that that disparity is is very, very, very what, much what I'm trying to highlight. Um, and it all starts, and people say, you know, the federal government really, my, 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 to, to step outside of it and get a little bit into the, into the politics of it. I'm not a politician. I don't like politics as well. But the thing is, I think the federal government doesn't do a good job with overseeing education. Like they don't, they don't flex as much power as they have. The state government has pretty much the most power when it comes to the education system, which you can see of what's happening in Florida with their education system. Yeah, it's being torn but, up right now. But I think that the federal government could flex a little bit more of their muscle and take over it and centralize it. I mean, a lot of people don't like it, but I think if you centralize it, those disparities that you have, will, a lot of them will probably, they won't go away all the way, but it'll, it'll get better. You know what I'm saying? We'll, it, we'll close the gap a little bit more. So... That's just my opinion on that one. Um, I'm not a politician, though. I don't like politics. I'm just saying. I, I think that the federal government needs to step in. I mean, that was one of the things that, because at the end of the day, we're graded as a country on education, not as a state. Yeah, because and being able day, to go. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Matter, huh? Oh, no, I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. Oh, because at the end of the day, the dumbest state don't really matter. It's just the United States of America. Are we dumb as a whole? Probably. Yeah, because I'm sure you've seen worldwide statistics as far as which countries are best in math, science, engineering, things of that nature. We don't rank in the top 10 worldwide for the majority of the courses that they are keeping tabs on. And that's very disheartening to me because, like you, education, I really think that that's a good thing and we can get a lot more things accomplished if we have equal footing as far as the educational process goes. Now, for you to mention being at a school out in the suburbs in a more affluent area than a school that's in the inner city, you can see where they put the funds at and you can see where they put it. It's irritating to me to see things like that, but it's happening here, too. You've seen it. We just had the uh, six-year-old boy that shot his teacher here a few months ago, and they're checking backpacks for elementary school kids. now. Oh, yeah. You can't even bring backpacks anymore. They, they, yeah, a Newport New school system, you can't bring backpacks to school. Yeah, that's very concerning to me. But it goes back to your first one that you mentioned as far as reverse the curse. If you can get to the kids early and put them on the right track, that'll help alleviate the problems by the time they make it to a high school. But instead of putting money and resources into it, it seems like more and more programs are being shut down and cut off. And I really applaud the fact that you're 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 finding ways to alleviate that. Just that we got to help you get back in as much as we can, because even though you're doing things over there in Chicago, you're also doing them here in Newport News. So we're going to talk offline. I want you to give me some information so maybe I can try and do something like that, because right now I'm living in Portsmouth. I can take Portsmouth and Chesapeake and try and get some things started. I got to work around my crazy schedule, but that's something that I would love to try to get into and try to help out with. Because if we can get the kids straightened out now, that'll alleviate problems with 
crime in the area that'll alleviate problems with not having a way out. Because like I said, the one thing that I've noticed is that if we have an opportunity on equal footing, we can excel. But we got to get to that point where the opportunity is equal. And to see certain schools out here are, are like that also. Um, Great Bridge, I do believe, gets a lot more funding than, say, maybe an IC North come out here or maybe a Bethel. Oh, yeah. And that's irritating to me because you have kids that want to learn. You have kids that want to excel, and they're not getting the help that they need to go and excel in these different areas of ed- of, of education. I call it the invisible bars. That makes perfect sense, to be honest. And it's irritating as hell to me, man. Because, like I say, when I go to my man Jason's house and I see his son on the tablet, or he'll post videos on TikTok of them going to the park to shoot the rockets off. The other night, I went past his house and he had Google Maps up, and him and Jaden were outside matching up the Google the uh, Google Sky Map on the tablet with the stars in the sky. Yeah. He's trying his best to push his son, and his son is taking to it like a fish to water. He gotta keep. He gotta keep uh, nurturing that. Because if he yeah. lose that, if he lose that interest, yeah. But if he keep nurturing, I'm trying to tell you, who knows where he'll better go? Because he is is so embedded, he's so imagination is already flowing. So, yeah, that's something that really needs to happen. And now, then, oh no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, imagination is already flowing, and it'll mature once he get older. It'll mature into something, and it'll manifest into something, something bigger than he. He'd be like, dang, I used to dream about this when I was a kid. Yeah, really. And with the way that the tech is evolving right now and the tech is being sped up right now, by the time Jaden graduates high school, there I think there's a chance that there's going to be a lot more outer space missions and things of that nature. Oh, and yeah. it seems like that's what he's gravitating towards now. We just have to wait and see how everything goes. Yeah. But my next question, because you mentioned mental health and as far as getting kids counseling, um, you have programs in place already that you're implementing to where you can get these kids counseling because when you spoke on the trauma that they see on a daily basis that's real and having ptsd as a young child and not being able to deal with these emotions and feelings when you see a traumatic event how are you how are you implementing plans to try to keep these kids mentally healthy and mentally stable okay so um just like i said before i'm a psych i'm a psych major i'm a psychology major so um you know, I work with a lot of uh, like doctorate level level professors that has like you know uh, resources as far as like counseling and um, therapy and and that nature of you know the traumatic situation. So on my team, I will have a lot of psychology professionals. I'll say okay, uh, that could you know, and that, but I want to get the kids to, but I want them to. The thing is, my my goal and my my vision is I want to get a lot of people that look like them. Because it's hard for you to open up when a person doesn't, you know, you can't relate to a person that can't relate. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. Because if they don't understand what your experience is, you you run the risk of having somebody minimize it. And by minimizing it, you're almost trying to say that it's not causing a problem for a particular person or individual. And we don't need to minimize the type of things that they go through 
we yeah. need to try to address the problem once we figure out what that problem is and try to move forward. But yeah, I do agree with that also because certain people don't understand the struggle that underprivileged youth go through, inner city youth go through. It's a little bit different. Now, there's kids in the suburbs that also go through some of the same experiences that are detrimental to growth and that are harmful to growth because they impact in such a negative type of spotlight. So, yes, I do agree with that. I do agree with that a lot. I, I absolutely co-sign that. Yeah. Now, when it comes down to it, once you can get these things in place, about how long do you think that might take to happen? And do you already have kids that are trying to maybe get into a program similar to what you're trying to start now? Are there already – are people showing interest? Um, so as far as the, like the program, right. Um, as so basically how my, my nonprofit worked was I actually helped my cousin with it. Remember I told you what I, well, I said a couple of seconds ago about the, the basketball one he had. Right. Um, and one of the stories that stick out to me is, um, and it kind of, that's why I say all of my programs have a lot, like it's a lifelong journey of just seeing that vision. Um, when I was with him, we had a couple of young men, right, that we well, we started out with, like, one or two teams. Um, we had a couple of young men. We had a young man on that basketball team that, that from when we started, um, he already got locked. He, he's already in jail for, like, uh, like 50-something years for some gang violence thing that he did, right? And then I, that made me feel like, Dang, if only we could have saved that that dude or we could have just kept, you know what I'm saying, being in this life mentorship because we moved along, the program moved along as well. But once those things, like things like that, where I can intervene and get in place, it's going to be a forever evolving thing. We just don't keep turning it, keep turning it until I get 100. I'll pass it down to my, you know, grandkids, their grandkids, their grandkids, and just keep it going, right? Because I, I don't want to stop the vision, right? Um, right. Because, you know, my grandsons might get, take it and they might got something totally different to do with it. You know what I mean? And they might see right. something I didn't see. So, yeah. I wouldn't put a, I wouldn't put a time on it because, you know, I just want to keep going, keep going and keep going and keep going. Just, you know, till I'm, till I die and I'm gone. 50, 50, 100 years, you know what I mean? 100 years down the road, my grandkids got it. And they're like, yeah, my granddad had this vision when he was this old, and they can tell that story. So that'll be a beautiful thing to see. Now, my next question: If somebody listening to the pod, if somebody has an idea, something that they would like to do as far as a nonprofit for their community, I would say, regardless of whatever it is or whatever it may be, what it, what advice would you give as far as trying to get something like that started? Um, well, I would give them the same advice that was given to me, right? When I came up with that idea of, of, yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, I do want to do something because how I felt as a kid. Um, when I came up with that idea, I was the only, like, I saw it, right? I saw the vision and I kind of like, what do I want to do? That was my, like, what do I want to do moment? You know what I'm saying? What do I want to do about it? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then it was a couple of people that was just around me. It was like, yo, you want 
man, go ahead and do that. Yeah, you'd be a perfect person for it. So if you do have that vision or that idea, go for it. Go for it. Just, I would say, keep your vision and what you do it for to the forefront. Because I do it for those kids. Like, I don't do it for me. I don't want no attention. I don't want nothing. I just want the kids to be successful because if they win, I win. And I'm good. So um, that's how I feel. They winning, we all winning. Exactly. Now, um, I'm going to need you to text me the links for your nonprofit so I can put them in the description after we get finished and then I post it. That way people can have a way to um, – or wait, actually, I need to ask first. Do you have website information as far as your nonprofits, as far as if anybody wanted to help contribute to the cause? I'm still working. I'm still setting up the website. My um, um, well, she is my manager now. She she's still setting up my uh, my website and things. And I'm still I'm still working on my emblem because I that's the key part. I'm still like in in the emblem phase. I don't want like to steal somebody's emblem. I don't want it. I want the emblem to actually mean something, right? right. Um, you know what I mean? Something that's directed towards that. So I don't want to just pick any emblem and, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm kind of working on the emblem. I'm trying to get my daughter to draw it up right now, but she, you know, because shout out to my 11-year-old daughter. She could draw pretty good. So I'm trying to get her to draw my emblem. Well, that's what's up. So I'm in, so far, as far as website, I don't have a website right this second. I was right. using Instagram, but I just deleted my Instagram. Not doing that anymore. I'm about to make, create a new Instagram for the for the actual foundations and the pro and the nonprofit organizations. Um so I'm in the midst of creating a website and I'm a in the midst, I mean in the meantime I am gonna create an Instagram. I promise I'll have an Instagram on your next on your next pod. There we go. All right, thanks because I'd like to give people a way to get access to you so they could check out your foundations and nonprofits because I think that's inspirational. I think that's a good thing that we do need to have and we need to have it across a lot of communities, but especially our community. Yes. Now, when it comes down to it, it's going to sound weird. I'm not caring how it's going to sound. I'm going to say it. I think we need to focus on us right now in particular, so that way we can get our community back together. Because I remember back during the 80s, it was different. We had after-school programs. Kids were able to do things, whether it was sports, band. They uh, had an art program after school in Deep Creek, things of that nature. And kids need things like this to keep their imagination going to keep their ambition growing to keep everything moving forward because the moment that you stop believing and you stop having dreams and you stop wanting them I think you can succumb easier to people trying to get you to do the wrong thing I think it's easier for people to succumb to getting caught up in doing street activities which are ultimately not gonna end well exactly and uh excuse me what was I gonna add? Oh yeah, so yeah, of ultimately deterring them from those streets as well as well. So, but yeah, promise to have the the, the Instagram for you. It'll have, it'll be up there. I'll That's just, what's up. Yeah. Because one thing about it, man, as we're getting closer to back to school time, uh, I actually have a question about that. When did the kids go back to school in your area? Uh, so my son, he starts on Monday. Oh, wow. That's real early compared to what you're normally used to. Yeah, my son starts on Monday. My daughter's 
my both both my girls they go back on um I think the twenty second. Yeah. So yeah, schools. I mean, that summer's done, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, summers ain't the same anymore, man. But as I'm seeing all the back to school promotions and things like that over here, there's one thing I've noticed in the neighborhood I live at now because thankfully, once again, I'll tell y'all. I'm not in that apartment complex. I'm in the neighborhood. Uh, there were kids going to summer school, and I thought that was not not weird, but I thought it was different because I do know that there are kids that have to go to summer school to catch up, but I do know that there are there are kids that go to summer school to get ahead. Yes, I know. I know kids from this area. A lot of them go to summer; they can graduate early. Exactly. Just go ahead and so, get out the way and just go ahead and get moving. Yeah, I know a lot of kids that do that. They'll graduate, so they'll go to school in the summer before their senior year so they can graduate in December. Oh, man, that's actually pretty dope. So that way when the new year starts, they're already getting everything going and it's yep. all moving at the same pace. That's actually a pretty good idea. Yep. I didn't graduate early. I ended up graduating on time, which was good. But like I said, I had it. I had aspirations of going to college, but once I figured out the money was going to be an issue, I had to find another way out. And for kids to have options, I think that's a very, very powerful thing that we're letting them know is that, just like you said, you don't have to go to college. You can go to a trade school. You can go to a community college. You can go to a junior college, if that's so what you feel. But the main thing is having a direction that you want to go forward in. And how hard do you think it is for kids to kind of narrow it down to have a direction or path that they want to go down once they're getting close to the end of their high school career? Um, it's, it's very hard. I could tell you, I could tell you this from, and that's from experience too, of talking to kids at that level. Um, at that, at that age, they really don't know. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but they really don't know what they want to do at 18 years old, 17 years old. They just, if you ask a kid right now, like, yo, what you want to do when you get, like, 30? They're going to be like, uh. And I'm like, and I'm st- I'm, I'm sitting there like, what? how you don't know? But, I mean, I, cool. I, know, I get it. When you're young, you don't know. Because um, I didn't know. And, I, you know, I didn't know until I, until I got later on in my 20s that I really wanted to study psychology. So, but, yeah, I mean. If you do have a dream, that's why I want to make it to where if you have a dream, they don't have to. Because, you know, a lot of kids in this, in the lower income neighborhoods as well, they'll have a dream. But if you don't have the resources, it's not going to get like watered. That dream is that that seed that this planet is not going to get watered because they're going to forget all about it. Eventually, next thing you know, they, they're in trouble. All right. And then next thing you know, you're in the criminal justice system. So and once you get in that, you there for life. Criminal yeah, justice because, for, for oh, black. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, the criminal justice system for black people is like a gang. You don't get out of it. <laughs> ain't nah, no, that's true. Ain't no getting out. <laughs> that's very real. And we do have some exceptions of people that have been able to make something of themselves, but the ex- exceptions never disprove the rule in general that it's a hard thing to get out of once you get into it. And with the rate of recidivism that we have here, as opposed to other countries, other quote-unquote first world countries worldwide, there's a high recidivism rate to where they just 
are just made to fail. Yeah. And that I find disheartening also because if you look at a country like Sweden, their recidivism rate is very low. They don't have a high crime rate, but as you stated, the educational system from a very early age, they have so many resources packed into it to where kids have options to where they don't have to fuck up their lives. I'm not going to mince words, but I'm just going to say it. Their kids aren't fucking their lives up unless they really want to be stupid about it. Now, for us, it's a little bit different over here on this side because it's easy to make mistakes. It's easy to be caught in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong person. And it's easy to succumb to the peer pressure behind it to where you may do something stupid and ruin your whole life. Yep, exactly. Easier. You're a target. (laughs) Because the one thing that I've noticed is that, once again, generations, there's always some type of change. And one of the major changes that I see is, like, we all had dreams. Because, like, even in my generation, I wanted to be a comedian. Well, I'm doing a podcast and I got a regular nine to five job. So that ain't fucking happen. But I realized it's just the way social media is now. Kids are really apt to fall into a trap of just seeing people with money. They're not knowing how they're getting it. They're not knowing what they're doing to get it. They're easily fooled by what they see with the imagery. And the imagery, I think, is something that our kids are really going to have to fight off because we hear the rappers, we see the money phones and all that. We see them in the cars and everything, but yet they don't realize some of these people don't own their masters. They don't own their publishing. Things of that nature. When it comes to playing sports, you have to be careful. That's why I want that's why I want your son to have a good and healthy year because I I got addicted to watching Friday Night Tikes and there was a kid on that show named Mazel. For those of y'all that want to see it, it should still be on Netflix. But as kids playing Pee Wee football, And this is how some of these kids have their dreams, and that's their means of trying to escape some of these bad situations that they're born into. Now, when it comes to things like that, how would you go about talking to your kids, per se, as far as, hey, don't get caught up in the glitz and glamour of what you see on IG or what you see on Twitter or TikTok? I'm glad you asked that question, right? So. I was going to go into it in detail earlier, but earlier in the conversation, but I'm glad you actually brought it up. Yeah, actually, now we own it. Now we own it. All right. So another thing, uh, another goal of my, my, my organizations as well is to put some of these kids that do have dreams um, and visions of being, for example, right? Say a kid wants to be a, give me a job, random job. Chef. Chef. Chef, right? I want to put those kids, right, that said, okay, if he said he wanted to be a, a chef, I want to put him in front of somebody that's a chef that looked like him. Gotcha. Right? So he sees that that is possible, right? And he sees that, okay, with resources, this is possible. We get those resources, nurture that goal and that dream and eventually he be, you know what I'm saying if he wants to become a chef he want, he becomes a chef he had that opportunity so and he also seen somebody that looked like him in that field because a lot of it you said with the imagery right a lot of the kids don't see what they want to be of somebody that looks exactly like them they see somebody else that looks 
the opposite of them in that role, and it looks like they don't they don't belong in that role. Right. You know what I mean? So it takes stigma of it takes off the stigma of them looking like they don't belong. Of showing them, all right, yes, you can do this. We 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 have people that look like you in this field. It's not it's not, you know what I mean, uncommon. So it's one of the reasons why I like psychology too, because you don't hear a lot of, you know, black psychologists. You don't see people that look like you know what I mean? So so a lot of kids probably did turn away from it because they don't see people that look like them doing that. So now see that's a really good thing that you brought up. Now to reference my friend Jason one last time, he's a real big fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson. I am all, I am also. And that's something else that he does with his son Jaden is that they watch Neil deGrasse Tyson videos and Jaden can see just like you mentioned somebody that looks like him in an area to where there's not a lot of us at. Because in certain areas, I think it's harder for us to break into. And there's a barrier for entry as far as money, resources, and, and education. That's always going to be a barrier for entry for most things that we want to compete at. But once again, if we can if we can get the opportunity to at least be on a level playing field, I think we can match and we can excel. Now, with something like that, we don't have a black Dr. Ruth uh, 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 like we didn't have a black Dr. Ruth. We don't have some of these individuals in some of these other fields. Like, do we have a black Salt Bay? A black what now? Do we have a black Salt Bay? Like, I don't see us having any type of chef like him. Although we do have great chefs, we have great cooks. But certain in certain areas, we're sorely lacking in having people that have been able to break into it and to also pull other people up and into those same types of uh, endeavors. And then that's where I come in too with a mentorship of like, all right, we don't have nobody in that field. That's where you belong. That's your, that's your, that's you. You're going to be that person of like, all right, you could come back. You can make it out of our program and be that person. And you could come back and be like, you know what? Hey, I want to show you that we can make it in this field. So that's just, that's what I want to create. Right. And that's something that I think that we need to, I think we need to have people in certain areas. And when we have kids that show interest in things like that, because you don't see a lot of kids showing interest in, in uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson like that. And I think that's a problem. I'm sure that they're out there, but I guess we just got to find our way to them or we have to find a way to help them make themselves known. Like for, for example, too, for example, I just thought about um, while I was back home, uh, I wanted to go holler at my friend that does the basketball. Um, right. Close friend. His One of his coaches, we started out coaching him. He was on one of our first basketball teams. Right. So, I mean, the recycling of it. You know what I mean? So they could see, like, be like, dang, yo, I remember him. You know what I mean? So we, I was sitting back like, dang, you coaching the team now, bro? I remember used to be lazy in practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, who is that? You know what I'm saying? We used to have to cuss you out every game. You know what I mean? I was getting texts because I'm cussing you out. Now you you can feel the brunt of it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't mind, though, because, I mean, kids, I mean, the kids, bro, they out of the streets, right? I don't. I cuss you out a hundred times. You out of the streets. You ain't in jail. So. Yeah, there's something to be said for having the ability for me to talk to you out, outside like this. Yeah. There's something to be said for that, which is a real good thing. Yeah. 
And that's why I was I was proud of. I'm like, man, yeah, you I mean it, it actually changed your life. You grew up in the projects. It changed your life. It changed probably your perspective. And now you you back in the organization. So yeah. yeah, and we really do need to see more people like that. We need to see more people coming up because some of these areas we don't have enough representation. And then you have somebody from our community try to get into that type of endeavor, and then they're facing all of these obstacles and hurdles because people don't understand, and we can't relate. They can't relate to us, and we can't relate to them, and that's going to cause a communication problem at the end of the day. And that'll bring up some animosity and possibly other things that's going to be a detriment to that particular person's avenue where they're trying to go and excel at. So, yeah, I do. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Because now we got black head coaches in football and basketball, whereas before we never really had that many. Now we got people like Deion Sanders that was coaching a prep school and then he went to college at Jackson and now he's up at Colorado. So we can see that there's people that can do it. We just need to be put in places to where we can actually meet and talk to these people. They can give us some advice, give us some information, give us some game to where we can actually start getting ourselves on to where we can have our own thing. Definitely. All right, our time's winding down. We're at 53. You want to go ahead and do your shout-outs there, sir? Uh, Yeah, so shout-out to the organizations, 3 to 5, you know, reverse the curse. Shout-out to all my family. Shout-out to those ones in the penitentiary right now. Um, Hold your head up. Shout-out to the ones that's in solitary confinement. Um, Yeah, that's another, that's another podcast, too, on – you know, solitary confinement because they shouldn't be there. Humans should not be by themselves, but that's another story. Um, so shout out to them. Hold your head up. Um, shout out to all those ones that's like deployed around the world away from their family. Um, and yeah, that's it. Shout out to my kids, my wife, family. All right. You got any final thoughts before we get ready to wrap things up? Nah, it was good pot, good, 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 good pot. You wanted to talk about that? Oh, we could talk a little bit about that. Uh, that situation in Alabama, but <laughs> we got six minutes. We ain't got enough time. <laughs> we do not have enough time. That's gonna be a whole hour pod. I gotta find another avenue to where I can have a pod go for more than sixty minutes. I got to find another way to do it, and I'm going to work on that. I'm actually currently looking at mics, and I'm debating on a camera setup. I'm going to get the garage fixed up here over the course of the next three or four months to where I got a little area to where I can record outside in the garage. But, yeah, we can talk about Alabama, but next week, next Thursday, just so you guys know, family, listeners, subs, um, we're going to talk about the situation in Illinois with them trying to pass this bill to where non-citizens – can police American citizens. This is a heavy, heavy thing that does need to be discussed. This does need to be looked at. And I'm going to say it. If you don't, if you're not a citizen, you have no business and no right policing people that are from the soil. I said it. If you don't have, you have no fucking right. Because if we got regular citizens that don't know the damn law, I know for a fact (laughs) you ain't going to know the fucking law. I know for a damn effect, you're not going to know the law because there's people that's from the soil. They're in law enforcement. You got some good ones. You got some bad ones. We see videos all the time of cops making serious mistakes. 
I could only imagine giving a non-citizen a badge and a gun and looking at how that's going to turn out because they'll be able to have qualified immunity, if anything. And that in itself is going to be a problem. Yes. There's so many things that can go wrong with that. But, yeah, we'll talk about that one next week. We'll get on the one about Montgomery here. If you got some time, maybe Sunday, I'll try to make it a little quick 30-minute one. Otherwise, we'll have to wait till next week. Uh, definitely. I, I mean, I got time. I'm, I'm doing nothing, chilling at home, you know, living a retired life, but getting my stuff ready for school to go back to school. But, uh, oh, yeah. Shout out my man that swim across the river, too. From my, from... <laughs> Yo, he gave somebody a rock bottom. That shit had me weak, bro. My man. Swim <laughs> he... Yo, you got to be like the dude that caught that ass whooping, bro. Just take that one. Just take that in. That man swam across and whooped your ass. Well, there are some major ongoing developments that coincide along with that. We we still got like two minutes, so I'll try to make this part quick. <laughs> um, there's some people that have been arrested. There's a uh, group, uh, the 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 boat group, the pontoon boat, the the pontoon boat people. Uh, they had a guy, and I will put this out there when. The co-captain, and his name is Damian Pickett. He wasn't security. This is the first mate that was on the ferry. He had the one uh, 16-year-old kid had on a blue shirt. He got the paddle boat, got out there and got him, took him back to the dock. And then when he was talking to him, there was somebody, and I quote, don't listen to that nigger. <laughs> so that's why things happen the way that it happened. There's stuff still coming out in the videos, and there's some information that's still coming out. So I was going to speak on it, but something told me to wait, and I'm glad I did. Number one, I can have you co-host on that one. But number two, I'm going to have some brief notes that we're going to have to discuss and talk about. (laughs) So we can go at some of this in depth, and this is what we're going to do. But let me give my shout-out so we can go. Shout-out to Mr. (laughs) Oh, no, go ahead. We got to get them cash out so we can build them them dudes out of jail, though. Like, are they out? Because they, yeah, that that dude that swam across, though, he – that hey, he on the ESPYS. Yeah, definitely. He on the ESPYS. Like, definitely. That man swam across and beat your ass like that. Like you ain't talking junk to that dude like normally. Like he be like, I swam across and whoop your ass. Like, All right, man, I'm good. <laughs> exactly. There's some people that's gonna have to sit down on that one. But yeah, <laughs> Stephanie Mills, R&B singer from the late '70s, '80s, and early '90s. She said that she'll put on a Benefit concert, and there's several people. Um, most notably, Teslin Figueroa, and she has free legal help for these people that may that may need le- legal aid and representation. They've already got money put together to go get people out of jail, depending on what the situation is going to be. But they're still trying to figure some of this stuff out. So, yeah, I've been keeping pretty good tabs on this for right now because I can't wait to talk about this one. Hey, just to let y'all know, family, this one is not going to be safe for work. If you ain't in your car or you ain't got your headphones, you're going to get fired by playing me. And Goose, you're going to get fired. I'm telling you right now because we cussing. <laughs> but shout out to Mr. Collective, the Trash Mechanic, Jay Weeks, um, Breathe Easy, Yellow Genix, Bands, CJ Savo, my man Devin, Rogue, Trey's OG, Snow Angel, Devil Mama, Mama Miko, and of course the illustrious sister Heather Mac. That's about all we got. That's all our time. Go ahead, tell everybody peace, man. We out of here. Peace. All right, y'all be safe. Heads on a swivel. Peace.